in this week's episode of Show Notes. If there's like vagina monologues, would these be the pussy monologues? No loving God would put us on a planet with the likes of this. I I don't see how you can see good in this this thing. I tell me. I don't see what's bad. <laughs> oh no. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. It was really hard. Screw you. <laughs> We've got magic to do just for you. Oh, we've been recording. Lovely. Um, no, okay. just now, just in the last 10 oh, seconds, good. just okay. to give I'm us like, something what? to... Uh, okay. Meow, Stephen. Me... Me... Meow, <laughs> Stephen. Honey. I, I, I truly can't even form thoughts at the moment because... You know, when it when reading the reviews of the film that you are watching is more entertaining than the film itself. Well, now we're going to fight. Okay. I love this. I'm like one of the 10 people that do love this film. Cats in and of itself is already a hard enough show to be able to just put on stage just on stage. And then we put it on film and I think if they had not introduced CGI, I think I would have loved it. It would have been great. But it's the you fact know, that they put them on life-size sets and, like, larger than life to make them small like cats. And they used real sets and then CGI'd everybody. It was like, it just feels like a drug trip, to be honest with you. It feels <laughs> like a drug trip. You know what, babe? I think we should just get into it because, like, I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on this show. I mean, the Ooh, the movie version yeah. of this, because I walked away with some good stuff from our last episode. But I am I am dying to hear what you're gonna tell me. We have to take this from, from the, the top. top. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of From the Top, your favorite musical theater cast and review. My name is Mary. And I'm Stephen. And tonight on the marquee, we are finishing up our coverage of Cats the Musical. So if there's like vagina monologues, would these be the pussy monologues? <laughs> No, absolutely yes. not. These are the pussy monologues. <laughs> they each just get up and state their case, right? <laughs> this is their story. Meow. Uh, meow. Me I mean, okay, I could I could see an argument for that, but but that takes it into a whole different realm that I don't know if we're prepared to talk about tonight. Is that true? <laughs> I don't know, I don't babe. Know. I don't know. Okay, here's my thing. Do I you know I've scratched fever right now. You know, I cat scratch fever would be better than what I watched today. <laughs> I'm just saying. I okay. I tell me. Love this film. Tell me why. I'm dying to know because it's like I I don't see how you can see good in this this thing i tell me i don't see what's bad <laughs> oh no Jesus. i just don't see like everything that everyone complains about with this particular oh, show no. i'm like but that just how else do you do this show how else do you put this in a film version okay what were you expecting 
what what were you wanting that you didn't get in in spades in this film it's everything that it needed to be and more quite frankly oh my god <laughs> there are some things that like cat stands like we will always be like well why did they make that choice why did they switch that character's plot why right. did they like you know like there are things right. that one can discuss but th- i paid i paid the ticket to go see exactly what i saw and it was exactly <laughs> that so i don't know what y'all are complaining about <laughs> So as a theater or as a, I mean, truly as a theater goer, you, you knew what you were getting into. So you weren't shocked or surprised by what ended up happening. I was delighted. I have never actually seen this film until you and I started talking that we were going to do this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, of course I've made the joke that it was butthole cut or nothing. Right. So, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, there was a cut of this film that hit theaters where they had CGI'd all of the cat buttholes onto every one of the performances. And then in post, they sent out a patch to all of the theaters to remove it. So then it would be less offensive to audiences, which is like, okay, so. No, I got to see the butthole cut. See, and that's just saying. that's awesome that you got to do that. So when I make the joke butthole cut or nothing, that's what we're talking about. But of yeah. course, what's on you know HBO Max is not that. And so I... I just I have questions about like the decisions that were made when it comes to certain like technical things and yeah. and honestly if if there is anything to complain about with the show it is the technical side it is the CGI company essentially that they hired to do this with because mm-hmm. they kind of dropped the ball in a lot of the stuff like it, they had to rush to get it done to get it done by Christmas which yep. was the release date and then on top of it it was kind of a slapdash shoddy job that they gave and yeah. so it was like oh you had a really big expectation with one of the longest running Broadway shows ever with the name of Andrew Lloyd Webber behind it on top of like this whole West End T.S. Eliot old possum's book of practical cats thing like you had a lot of writing on your shoulders and you 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 coughed up a hairball the fact that their budget was 95 million dollars and that's what they came up with okay so before we before we get into talking about this film because it was heinous i feel like i've got i've got thoughts that I could share with a director, but i feel like what is more apropos (laughs) is for us to get notes from a director if it isn't asking too much will you please show me a little all right now once again give it some this would be how i would talk to tom hooper this man can literally oh my god i fully think it is just the technical company that they hired i that's truly the only thing i forgive all the all the choices i forgive like the big names that they got into here because they pulled a hairspray like they tried to do (laughs) that (laughs) they got taylor swift but she had um only a few days to work on set. This character is supposed to be around the entire time. Could definitely tell she only had a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, okay, but we need her because she's the tween idol to come in so we can get butts in seats in these theaters. And so like a whole new generation is seeing cats. So like you, you understand and like you see these things, but 
Anyway, this is not notes from a director. No, those are my notes for a director. <laughs> the, so when we were talking about the initial stage production of this show, mm-hmm. um, I really tried to be accurate. I really tried to be good. I double checked all my work on a lot of stuff, but just in how it came out, I just want to make sure all of these like stats and points are clear. So there really isn't a note from a director per se where this is the like, tech week stage where we're just crossing T's dotting I's and Neat. making sure that okay. you know everyone's on the same page because sure. in a couple days this is no longer the director's show it's your show so <laughs> perfect <clears throat> yeah so I just wanted to clarify I had said Judy Dench was uh, initially cast as Grizabella in the original London West End production from 1981 uh, Judy Dench was also uh, cast as Jenny Any Dots within this production as well so like the, oh. I think they were trying to figure out who was who so I wanted to give that a uh, little bit of air as well sure. um, but yeah but then of course in this film she got to play old Deuteronomy so fun full circle moment fun full circle moments I had mentioned as a show note I wanted to double check it was T.S. Eliot's brother who had the god children and gave him the nickname old possum that is correct uh, all of what I said is in fact factual <gasps> yay so, <clears throat> yeah <laughs> I did confirm that uh, Aristocats was a clapback to T.S. Eliot for not allowing them rights to his poems. (laughs) And I I guess I had no idea. 1949 is the year that Aristocats came out. I had no idea. Sure is. I had no idea. That was crazy to me. So that was a fun little fact that it was that old. But yeah, it was kind of Disney throwing shade. (laughs) TS would be like, fine, we're going to do this anyway. I mean, welcome to Disney. They throw shade at any given moment. So it's it's fine. Uh, What was it? Disney had even drawn up like concept art and tried to present it to him. And you can find those images online. If I can remember, I will try to post those along in our social media on Instagram. Oh, please do. I'd love to see so, yeah, it from the top underscore podcast we're on insta so you can kind of go back and see those because i i saw one briefly and it was really interesting i think i can't remember which cat it was it was like um uh one of the main girls jelly lorem or, or something but sure. it was good those are all the little factual things that uh are notes from a director this time well that's not terrible i I will happily take that. That is you just, like you said, crossing T's, dotting I's, making sure that you've got all your ducks or your cats in a row, depending on who you're talking to. Now, where do we go from here in this catastic world? Catastic! <laughs> I would say we need to immediately get into an actor's nightmare, but this show essentially was a nightmare for so many. <laughs> That was the sound of every theater on December 25th, 2019. So the Phantom of the Pod said that this was the harbinger of COVID. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Well, all right. So an actor's night meow uh, never got into... (laughs) Shut up. You didn't just do that. You didn't actually... What do you rate? What, What are you... What are you talking about, Meow? <laughs> what are you talking about, Romeo? <laughs> uh, oh no, so God. we actually never, we talked about it once. And again, it just never got brought back up because we got swept into catastic discussion. Oh, so, Lord. We never got into the fact that cats have multiple names. 
oh, we did mention it. And then, yep, promptly just like squashed it and ran away. I know. Neat. So let's clarify for the general mass. Each cat, to our knowledge that we know of, according to <laughs> the cat god T.S. Eliot. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just, of all the people to be the cat god, T.S. Eliot is the weirdest choice. You know how you start like, maybe like, looking through a Facebook profile of someone and you start getting creeped out. Just like looking up the history of him. Yes. I I, I kind of wanted to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I went, if I dig any farther, this is going to be rough. This is going to be bark, bark. <laughs> oh, no, don't bring that up. Oh, Cats no. Cats are not dogs. <gasps> I had no idea. To talk about a cat, you must understand that sometimes they're staring off into deep space or in deep concentrative thought, just sitting there. What are they thinking about? The name that they only know. <laughs> Three names. One is the household name, the name that the person in their life would give them. Yes. The second name is their cat name, like Mungo Jerry or Mistopheles mm -hmm. or Rum Tum Tugger. So something that him as or her as well as or them as cats. I don't cat cats can cats are a cat. Cats are a, cat a cat. Is a, cat. <laughs> a cat is a cat. So that's the one they would use amongst themselves and their Jellical group. Okay. And then there is the third name. And that name is only a name that they know and give to themselves. And then is essentially the reason they get to act like little assholes. Because they're better than you. <laughs> I mean, because they are cats, this we know. They already operate under the assumption that they are better than you. So, yeah. you know, it's fine. Yeah. If you can't tell, I'm actually a dog person, so it's funny I love this musical as much as I do. Uh, it is, it, <laughs> that is hysterical to me, because I own two cats, I would love to own a dog, but the Phantom is allergic to dogs. So oh. one one cannot own a dog because he would, he would die. So I don't necessarily want to like off him right away, but you know, if I'm looking for a way, then that'll be how I do that. <laughs> I'm having trouble with the difference between a name, the, the second name that you would call other cats, and then the name that you call yourself. Like how, I mean, I guess I, my brain is like stopping sure. right there. Okay, so let's just say, so maybe you and your friend group, they have a nickname for you. It's uh -huh. the name that you celebrate amongst yourselves because of something you've done. It's sure. the situation, it's something you're known for, something that you're, you know, it's it's that level of like camaraderie sure and then that name that you give yourself your own self pride so you have that knowledge and you have that power that this is your actual name that you oh. only know helps you transcend into this jellical realm you oh. know okay all right well thank you for clarifying i'm coming for your job t.s Eliot. i want that musical actually i want a bio musical <laughs> oh of t.s Eliot and him just staring out a window on a mushroom induced trip watching cats in a junkyard and saying uh, that's the show that's, that's the what show i'm gonna write about great i'm in i'm on yeah. board let's go <laughs>
Um, we never talked in this show either that they cheer each other on. Like there is a camaraderie kind of like in this Jellicle coven of each of themselves. <laughs> Hashtag Jellicle coven. <laughs> <laughs> I want that on a sticker immediately. Oh, that's... Jellicle coven. But they don't. Like, that's the thing. They're all in competition. They're all, like, again, trying to audition to die mm-hmm. and go to this jellical realm <laughs> <laughs> to live the life that they actually want and sure. be, you know, rewarded with that. Sure. But they, like, help each other out in, like, these performances. They they dress up for each other. They join in these dance things. They mm-hmm. they create the spectacle for these other people. So I wanted to sort of get into that. Like, is it interesting that these cat groupies are together uh, but all competing but yet not but they are but they aren't but yet well again that's why they call it just like a jellical ball it's a celebration right i will say that um the film lent uh, a, a better lens to the camaraderie between the cats than the Broadway show did. Like I felt very much like the Broadway show was just every man for himself, right? It was everybody, every cat for themselves going, I am, you know, here's why I'm telling you that I'm the best thing and, and all that. The only kind of creature, I guess I would say that, um, I thought was like in it for everybody was, um, your, your, yeah, your narrator. And, and, I just, I don't know, like, I, I felt like he was on everybody else's team, and he never really put himself up for anything, because he was just very, you know, I mean, he's kind of helping everybody tell their story. Well, to be honest, he's he's gunning for Deuteronomy's job. Yeah, 1,000%. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even watching this film version, like, you get it in the stage version some. Oh, totally. One of my literal, like, dance idols, and someone <laughs> I look up to, Robert Fairchild, he, uh actually was in um in a, an American in Paris. Oh and sure. Talk about dance shows that originally done by Gene Kelly. When they adapted it for stage, they knew they needed to get a really talented person. So I thought oh. it was perfect casting to get this guy like trained in all these sort of jazz elements and like professional ballet dancer, sure. that sort of thing. Um but he he's so talented and good. But watching him He's literally like fawning over Deuteronomy the whole time. Literally and, just uh, drooling. Yeah. And like every, every, like so focused in and like it's like all the little cat movements. And it was just so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it was all the little head, kitty head bops. Just oh. kitty, head, kitty head bops. But overall, I thought it was really, really nice that everyone is essentially supporting each other. And they're all really trying to get the right cat chosen. Yeah. You know, and I think we can take that as a lesson yeah. as actual humans to be like, sometimes <laughs> it is a competition, but at the end of the day, it's best to always have the best person in the correct spot. You know, I don't know. Like, it's just there is there is something to be said about being able to be supportive of other people who are going for the same thing that you are, because like you said, it, it's all about having the right person in it, which is why it was such a powerful moment when um, McCavity says, I'm going to do this and you're going to give this to me. And Deuteronomy is like, no, I'm not doing that. 
Like that's not that's not yeah. what this is about. This is not about you telling me what you want to do because it has to be someone who's deserving of it and you clearly are not. So like how about you let me make a choice? And he was like, "No, nah, I don't like that." So he tried to force his own way to, you know, to yeah. be able to get what he wanted and it was just I don't know. I I'm I'm a huge fan of Idris Elba, but like I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> I I need to dig back in the deep realms of my social media. I know Uh-oh. at some point I have posted this. Someone was going off on cats back on this film. I forget now what they were complaining about, but in context, I went, why are you complaining about this? Like, you should be identifying with this. They are reviving cats, by the way. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? Okay, let me finish my sentence because... <laughs> there is nuance. You're like, bitch, there calm down. Don't jump no, there, down my throat yet. <laughs> there is nuance. So Fair there enough. is still the tour of cats going on, or it may have just ended its run in America. I can't remember. Sure. But they are doing a fun little revival off Broadway. Mm. It is going to be a new version based on ballroom scene. Cat, get a cat, get a cat, cat, cat. Ballroom scene version where they're all competing and cheering each other on like runway style so it's gonna be super queer it's gonna be super cool and i'm here for it and i say i have to like dive deep back into my socials because i went why are you complaining about this this is literally like ballroom scene so why are that's what these cats are doing they're all competing for this one thing that they want sure and they're within their own they're within their own group of people that support that and support each other so this is this makes no sense that you're complaining about this that's okay that, that's cool that they're actually gonna do this and sort of make this rework it into a way that fee is gonna feel really contemporary and so i kind of love this weird little evolution Ooh, if we ever get a hold of it or get to go see it we'll have to um <gasps> do a cat's 2.0. <laughs> oh my god. We've established that this stage version can be powerful and probably more powerful when you see it live. Yes. But getting someone to buy a ticket to go watch Cats live is going to be easier to go in non-numbing root canal. Like that's probably <laughs> easier. Uh, maybe. Let's talk about this film in its entirety. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Now, I live in good old Portland. I know 99% of the people that just casually went to go see it. Sure. um, And all the people that I've talked to literally got blazed (laughs) and went to see it. So did the Phantom of the Pod when he watched it. I was just grinning and having fun. Like I said, this was the last film I got to go see before COVID struck. So Harbinger of COVID, I'm telling you. A lot of people's issue is, one, the world that they're living in and the size and scale keeps seeming to shift. Yes. In size. Yes. Did you find that annoying? Yes. And like distracting? It was, it it took me out of the world immediately because there were... 
there were times where it it made sense to to make the set larger than life because again we're trying to scale humans down to the size of cats but what bothered me was that we are on a real set with real things like cars and people and props and other things and then we basically have all these actors that are in green morph suits that then are cgi'd as cats but then half of the cats still have human feet and hands and then old deuteronomy has cat legs and cat feet and I go, wait, okay, I don't understand why we have this disconnect between a real world and then these fake cats. Because it's like, if you would just let them be in costume and makeup like you like they are on stage, I buy into it more because it's like, I get it. We're dressing up humans as cats. Like, they're humanoid. Like, I'm not going to believe that they're actual cats. But because they tried so hard to make them cats in a realistic setting, it took me out of it pretty much immediately. And, I mean, I struggled to watch the... I mean, I wanted to watch the rest of it to get an idea to make sure that they didn't do things like switch up songs or, like, remove things or do whatever. But, like, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It was really hard. So there's even a moment where, like, Mistopheles is pulling some stuff out of his hat, like, mm -hmm. in the middle of his song, which is another change. He's actually singing his song, where normally Rum Tum Tugger sings his song for him. Exactly. But while he's singing his own song, he's, like, trying to pull shit out of his hat. And the scale of the things keep changing. And that was distracting for a lot of people. Like Skimble Shanks' song, uh, the big pull away moments where mm -hmm. they're on the train tracks tapping. Yeah. The scale of the track keeps changing. So if that was real, the size of the cat would have gone to like mouse size. And then the next pan of the screen, it would have gone to like, oh, they would have been dog size. And then so it was just like, yeah. that was really distracting for people. I wasn't even looking at it. Again, I kind of call it kitty buttholes. If you were focusing on the kitty buttholes, it was doing it wrong. I was just focusing on the performers. <laughs> Which, can I just say that I appreciate that we went from the, you know, the, the pro shot on um, Broadway HD that had a human that looked very much like David Bowie. And then oh, yeah. we transition into Jason Derulo. Like, excuse me. I mean, the number of comments that or reviews on IMDb that were positive were probably like one positive comment to every 25 negative comments. Like there are a oh, ton yeah. of them. So like, yes, I was already influenced going into it that I'm like, this is going to be very different. Um, I do. I mean, I, I appreciate in the film that you do have the ability to be able to kind of tell the in-between story that the stage version doesn't allow for. And there are a lot of good things that come from film, which we've talked about, but I think there was just this film, unfortunately for me, has a lot more missteps than it does successes. And I just totally disagree. I feel like they got to expound on people's stories. I think they changed up exactly what they needed to to like make it for a film. Sure. And so it was just weird. I, I like it's fine. Like I don't disvalue like that opinion because I think I'm absolutely in the minority and I'm probably wrong. But I know so many cat stands had issues with like minute character changes. Mm -hmm. They're like, why was that cat so mean? Oh, why was that cat like doing all these things? Like Rebel Wilson is a major thing about this show. Also, <laughs> you're not wrong. That's the whole point of this show is we are allowed to have different opinions. Yeah. That doesn't make you wrong.
Oh yeah, not at all. It's it's just so. At the end of the day, the performers are killing it. Yeah, you're the voice of the people who like this film and this musical in general, and that is absolutely appropriate. Like that's what that's what people need. And I'm not gonna yuck your yum. I think that that's great that oh, you yeah. love this musical, and I think that it's great <laughs> that you love the film. I again, I just noticed things that yeah, I was focusing on the wrong thing because for me it was too distracting. But that's okay. And that's and that's the issue. Sometimes you sometimes something is so distracting, and it can vary from person to person. Mm-hmm. I definitely have rose colored glasses coming into this show. Like I I know that I know that, and that's, that's fine. fine. But I do want to ask like. How do you, because you said it a little bit, how do you feel about these humanoid, like they are hyper humanoid Mm -hmm. in this film because of this CGI suit that they're wearing. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on this? And I, everyone just, I think it's more jarring than watching the musical because you see human, but you see cat and like they're upright and walking. And so you're like, are they, are you, I, I don't know. Some people are so scared of these things. For the the pro shot of the Broadway version, like I was I bought into it immediately because again, we we give absurd things a pass when they are on stage because they are only able to tell it in a very particular way. So the way that the, you know, actors uh, the the performers were able to kind of navigate being on stage, I bought into it that they were cats. Like I didn't need them to crawl on all fours because they they had enough cat-like movement that it it sold it for me. But then when you got to the film, it seemed very strange just because they they weren't realistic is the wrong word, but it's the only thing I can think of. They weren't realistic looking enough that I bought into the idea that they were cats, even though that they were humanoid. If it had been animated like Avatar, where they literally like, you know, went in and did every single like gritty detail and they made that, I wouldn't give a shit whether or not they had human hands, human feet. I wouldn't care because like I'm looking at them for the cat part of it but it's the fact that I felt like this was a real face and then everything else was false there was such a disconnect between this and the rest of it and that is one of the number one things that people do say that is the disconnect because even on in the Broadway version they have face makeup on and you have like that cat nose painted and you have like these other things you don't have that luxury with this film and it's human face cat body a lot of people also have an issue that it didn't change their body shape enough that everything was skin tight they're all short hair cats and on on broadway even with their costumes you get different shapes on their shoulders and their heads or it's the it feels a little bit more in proportion exactly so i did want to ask you victoria the cute little white ballet cat yeah in this film she gets an upgrade in role. What mm-hmm. essentially was just a side featured dancer sort of cat character in the stage version is now replacing what would be an audience. Mm-hmm. And you get to be taken through this this film sure. with her and learn about these cats with her. So I call her your anchor. And sure. she's the one that you travel through the show with. You, in the initial coverage, said you felt dropped into this weird world and you had nothing to ground you. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that she allowed that sort of ground even in this crazy warped cat world? 
Absolutely. I mean, the fact that the beginning scene is her being abandoned in the junkyard makes it gives you a really good kind of foothold right in the beginning, because we know that for whatever reason, she is being, you know, cast out and discarded. And so... I think that it was um, a way to be able to give your audience, like you said, an anchor, something to hold on to, something to identify with and go, okay, I I know now why we're in a junkyard because, you know, we established in 30 seconds that she was thrown, you know, into a junkyard from, a you know, in a bag and that she's discovered by all of these other cats who then you know, start, you know, in on, you know, explaining themselves and they're singing about naming of cats, the Jellicoe ball and all that stuff. I, yeah. I, I appreciated the moment though, where, um, you know, we've got old Deuteronomy and, um, Victoria De- old Deuteronomy goes, would you like to come watch me make the Jellicle choice? And she goes, well, I can't, I'm not a gel. And, and old Deuteronomy goes, why not? She goes, well, I'm not a Jellicle cat. And, and old Deuteronomy says, well, I mean, of, of course you are like there's there's nothing that's stopping you from being that so why don't you come and do this with us and I think it was a really great another kind of nod to acceptance and like what happens when you have an open mind because like you know we have this you know beautiful ballad sung by you know Jennifer Hudson as you know Grizabella who's just like which I they could have this is a hot take they could have uglied her up a lot more long short of your answer to your question is that I did appreciate it I think it was a really great change from one to the other and I like that they kind of gave her an upgrade I also kind of appreciated the fact that there was this little romance between her and Mr. Mistopheles but then Monkey Strap was kind of like a little bit jelly of that relationship for like a hot second maybe a little so and this is actually the cat stands hate this this is not supposed to be a thing they hate that whole love story that this isn't supposed to be they hate that connector I thought it was cute yeah, I, I didn't hate it. I'm like, Meh. but I think Cat Stans also hated the like camaraderie that Rum Tum Tugger and Mistopheles had is no longer in this show. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. I mean, the, the yeah, because we could sit and talk about like the the changes of all these characters, like uh, Mungo Jerry Rumble Teaser are literal little assholes. They were about to let Victoria die in that. Yeah. overscaled bedroom yeah. when the dog was about to come in and you know thank goodness Mistopheles was creeping so <laughs> uh, well and aren't they the ones too when um, Bombalarina comes in and they're the ones that are spreading the catnip everywhere to yeah, get people to go helping. to sleep yeah yeah I, I, I don't know I, this film to me I mean graphic issues aside the film to me was what it should have been sure. and it's just like I look past it because, again, kind of like when I'm watching it on stage, I just watch the dancing talent and I'm just like, oh, these people. Absolutely. So good. It's mesmerizing and creepy and it's perfect. Oh, (laughs) yay. Mesmerizing and creepy and perfect. I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to because it's funny. And I texted it to you earlier today, but I have to read it because it's that review is perfect perfection oh my god so uh scrolling through like i said when i was watching this earlier today i scrolled through imdb and i was looking at all of these reviews this is a one-star review that was like i don't know probably like fourth or fifth like in this this was literally on december 26th of 2019 so literally the day after it premiered one out of ten stars and the title just says why I used to be a wholeheartedly Christian mother. 
I then watched this movie and became an atheist. No loving God would put us on a planet with the likes of this. <laughs> oh my God. There were, there were multiple other iterations of this that I could read. This is half my friend group probably could have posted oh, this. God. So it's, you know, whatever. Some people, I liken me loving this entire experience of watching this film, the way that people love B to C to D rate movies. Sure. And it's like, I just watch it knowing exactly what I'm getting into. And ugh. it's your guilty pleasure. It's fine. Just give it to me right now. <laughs> so I think we've chit chatted about these little kitty cat pussy cats. Meow. Little, little long enough at the moment. So let's talk about who these little kitty cat pussy cats might be <gasps> with a quick cast. How do you expect us to do this? Because this is just kind of a a a, cata- a catastrophe in and of itself. Oh, this is catastic. Uh huh. So you sure. are off this week. We, there's no way. Not there's even. There's no way. No. With this film so fresh and having it been such a thing, we. <laughs> uh, nice way to get around that. Such a thing. We, we really can't um, put anyone else in these positions. So T.S. Eliot would appreciate how we're going to handle this right now because besides having like 14 cats to cast do you like this challenge i'm down for a challenge let's go i um i (laughs) i already have thoughts so uh you so you give you're gonna give me the list of things or i need to come up with names how how do you want to do this well i'm going to pose a cat we will then discuss a celebrity owner or what celebrity they're like. We're going to start with our Grand Poobah. Grand Poobah. Okay. Old Deuteronomy. Who, what celebrity is like this? Ooh. I mean, I'm just going to immediately throw out Morgan Freeman. <gasps> oh, because that's an excellent selection and I can't think of anyone better than that. Like, who, who plays God? Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Yes. <laughs> Obviously. God is a wonderful black man, and it's perfect. I'm in. I'm into it. I am in a hundred. I'm in like Flynn. Let's go. That's great. How about a monkey strap? What celebrity is like monkey strap or would own monkey strap? (gasps) Neil Patrick Harris. That, too, is quite the perfect... (laughs) That is the jellical choice, Mary. That is the jellical <laughs> choice. Oh, that's actually actually. Why does that work so well? I don't know, but I feel like it was just. Now I kind of want to see Neil Patrick Harris play Monkey Strap. Oh my God, he would murder. <laughs> he would slay that. Slay all day. That would be so good. How about Miss Jenny Any Dots? Amy Schumer. <laughs> That's fair. I'm so bad. <laughs> that oh. is a fair choice. Is it too much like Rebel, though? Is this like clouding the judgment? I I mean, I... Because normally, I always viewed the Gumby cat as like an older woman sure. as well. Sure. But like, she would make an... Jenny Any Dots would be a Betty White cat immediately. Ooh, I like that. Pour one out for Betty White. 
A Melissa McCarthy? <gasps> better. Yes. Better. Better. Okay. I like that. Same vein of yeah. like c- comedy. Yeah. Same. But I think, yeah. I think that this feels good. That I feels f- right. I feel right, Brian. I feel right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then we have to just go on down the list. We have to do our uh Buster for Jones. Oh boy. Um he, he's feline fancy feast. Eyes <laughs> <laughs> feline fancy feast. D- Danny DeVito. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> did you just try to say Danny DeVito? <clears throat> I did. And then like a cat, I threw up and then I ate it. Then threw it up again. Oh, <laughs> not good. Okay. No, well, as not someone good. that was not right. Yeah. Who has two cats that do that regularly. It's not fun. Um, so how about a palate cleanser? Let's, um, how about, Ooh, how about Oliver Platt? He, Ooh, ooh, okay. What was he in? So he was, um, the scientist and bicentennial man. He was the, I think he was either a scientist or one of the guys in Lake Placid. He was in the West Wing. Yes. Okay. Oh, oh, that's good. I feel like he could be an Oliver Platt cat. I think that'd be super cute. He is Oliver Platt's cat. Okay. Perfect. Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. Fabulous. So, um, I definitely think this should be a fun comedic duo, generally played by a guy and a girl, but I'm open to other things. I don't think this is necessarily okay. gender specific. Okay. In fact, I think in the film, Mungo Jerry was actually non-binary. Neat. I was thinking of the, uh, but thinking of it in a male-female duo. Sure. Is very funny to me. So I think. My first, like, female male duo that I think of is Amy Poehler and Will Arnett. (laughs) I mean, and, like, thinking of, you know, Blades of Glory, like, it's just, I don't know. I think it's, that's hysterical to me. Um, Since I get my normal quick cast you thing. sure why do why, why don't we pin that? Why don't we pin that one? Let's pin and it. we'll see how that feels on the on the palette of salmon and at least it's salmon and not puke i would rather it be salmon yeah exactly yeah one more pair for consideration going in the parks and rec route uh chris pratt and aubrey plaza aubrey plaza is fully a rumple teaser i i i feel like that would be very true i'm into this very much so okay okay so we might just have mungo jerry yeah there's a pin here we go okay neat okay okay Let's get Victoria out of the way. Just our young, innocent, white ballet cat. So young, so innocent, who just looks like they'd be canceled for saying shit, you know? I mean, Millie Bobby Brown? <laughs> like, No, she, has, she's, she got a little edge. She got a little edge. She's got a tiny edge. Joey King? I literally just scrolled past her name in a list and I, I love that. That's delightful. I feel like she would own this cat. That is, that's an, that's an excellent jellical choice. I like that. She does like some of these serious, dramatic, almost crazy acting things, but she also does these fun little quirky things as well. Yeah. And we know that in the show, Victoria essentially loses her virginity. So I think this oh. is a good storyline yes. for this, right? Yes, I yeah. love it. So I, I, I kind of like it. 
I loved her in Kissing Booth. So, <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we would be remiss. Rum Tum Tugger. Oh my god! I mean, I already said David Bowie. Like, let's go. Um, but pour one out. Pour one out. I. Oh my god, Stephen Harry Styles. Oh. Duh. Harry Styles would own this cat. Oh. D- duh. That's. Pfft, yes. <laughs> Watermelon sugar meow. Me? Okay. Oh, yow. Okay. Gus. Asparagus. Aww. The theater cat. Oh. <laughs> this is so stupid, but it would be very funny because in the film, Ian McKellen plays this cat. I would want um, Sir Patrick Stewart to own this cat. <laughs> I am so into this. It's not even funny. I want him to own it so bad. Just write it down. Just write it down. Oh my god, Sir Patrick Stewart. Oh god. That they're like best friends. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. They but they are perfect for each other. They really so. are though. They really are. It's pretty great. Um, well then I guess we have to go into how about uh, let's get McCavity out of the way. Who would own McCavity? Uh, McCavity, McCavity. We just brought him up. No. What if it was Army Hammer's cat? <laughs> <laughs> what if it was? You know, I I appreciate that we're on the villain track because my first thought was Jared Leto would have this oh, cat. Jeez. Okay, but I was also maybe because <laughs> here's what here's where I was going with it and why it suddenly hit. Army I was like, Hammer. Is it like Aww. the broody like Timothy Chalamet type? But then I went Army Hammer with Call Me by Your Name. <laughs> and then I went actually going after fellow cats. <laughs> Probably took a bite or two. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, there's just yeah, we're yep, yep, yep. Oh god! Randomly, I was going through HBO Max today. There's a documentary on him about how I don't think it's the I don't. I mean, I'm sure they probably talk about the cannibalism bit, but they, you know, it's mostly like a um, you know, other a documentary his, about other his, things. In, his entire family is. Is is about as crazy as T. S. Eliot. So yeah, that's a. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, let's do a let's do a Mistopheles. Ooh. Oh no. I want David Blaine to own this cat. <laughs> oh my god! Because it can't be Chris Angel because he's too moody for it. Yeah, he's too, too moody. moody. What if it was? Darren Chris. He yeah. played Harry Potter, so he's like the wizard. I mean, if we're going the wizard route, then make it Daniel Radcliffe. Like, like just jump fully. Okay. You know what? You know what? Actually, jump fully maybe. into the but Harry Potter thing. I went into the Darren Chris because of the Glee thing, and so he can dance. Right, right. And he's known for his conjuring turn. I mean, but maybe then, maybe it's like RuPaul's cat. Like, I don't. You know. I need it to be RuPaul's cat. I need it to be RuPaul. RuPaul does magic by helping drag performers. There we go. Do a thing. Okay. It's 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 RuPaul. We got there. Try we again. Got there. Good. there we go. Ouch. He does his conjuring turn on the runway. On the <laughs> runway, sashay away and don't f it up. 
That leaves our lovely Grizabella. <gasps> Grizabella. The glamour cat. Is it just as easy as like Meryl Streep? Mm, I think, okay, we need somebody who used to, who maybe fell from glamour and then came back to it. Um, oh, no, not Oprah. Oprah would have like, maybe she's Buster for Jones. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Someone who went after stardom and then fell from grace and now is coming back in a redemption. <gasps> Martha Stewart. Why is that so good? <laughs> wait. 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 It's Shut Martha down production. St- lights off. Mics. <laughs> good night. Good night. We're done. Thank uh, you. Bye bye. Screw you. That was so good. I know. I'm sorry. I just. Um, okay. Okay. So we need to go back to Mongo Jerry because you got a pin in that. Unless there's anybody I else we do. missed. So um, I think we've actually recently used him in something. Okay. Um, Evan Peters. <gasps> him and Aubrey Plaza would be hysterical. Absolutely. Um, I don't know why it just hit me. And I was like, oh, actually, this would be a weird, interesting, fun, devious pairing. Oh, my God. I love I love every second of that. Delightful. I'm going to call you out a little bit. I just noticed that we are missing somebody off this list. Can you tell me who it is? Ooh. Oh, Skimble Shanks, <gasps> the railway cat, the cat of the railway terrain. Yes. Your literal, like, <laughs> uh, like roll on, bro- yes. All right. So who would own Skimble Shanks? I mean, okay, he's dead now, but Gene Kelly would have owned him. He would have, absolutely. But he is dead now. So he's dead now. Tom Holland? Um, question mark. Skim. Ooh. Because he was in Billy Elliot. On Broadway. Mm-hmm. Actually, that would be cute. Actually, that's fun, quirky, kind of fun. We're hesitating. Do you have somebody else? No, I kind of do. I'm just trying to be like, would he own Skimble Shanks? I think he would. I think. Yeah. Um. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to throw this out. What are your thoughts? Alan Cumming. <gasps> oh, okay. So the way Sutton Foster is to Stephen, Alan Cumming is to Mary. So if you give Ooh. me Alan Cumming, I will choose him every time. So obviously, yes, I'm changing it immediately. That's okay. mm, perfect. I do like it. Although, see, now this is drumming up like Michael Hall for me <gasps> because he was also an MC in Cabaret. Ooh. I don't think he fits for Skimble Shanks, but we need to throw Michael Hall into our rotation of like quick casts because yes. he's a talented, talented singer. 1,000. All right. Well, that all sounds delicious and lovely. So here is your final quick cast uh, for Cats the Musical. Um, Old Deuteronomy is Morgan Freeman. Monkey Strap is Neil Patrick Harris. Jenny Any Dots is Melissa McCarthy. Bustopher Jones, Oliver Platt. The combo of Mungo Jerry and Teaser is Evan Peters and Aubrey Plaza. Victoria is Joey King. Rum Tum Tugger, Harry Styles. Gus... Sir Patrick Stewart. <laughs> I 
I just love that so much. McCavity is Army Hammer. Mr. Mistopheles is RuPaul. Grizabella, Martha Stewart. And Skimbleshanks, Alan Cumming. Oh, all of those owners would absolutely own those cats. Oh, my God. I think they would. We and literally that, nailed yeah. that. It was perfect. That's pretty good. Well, now that we have owners for our litter yes. of kitty chitlins, our litter we of need kittens. to go to our own heavy side layer. Maybe have a little quick jellical discussion. See what happens in our magical land of what if. So, darling, <laughs> darling, loveliness, what is the uh, jellical discussion? What's the jellical topic of discussion this evening? So, as we know, there is the plot of this is weak at best, but there is a plot. Mm-hmm. So, we have to pick from the plot, as in what's a major plot point that has to change. Sure. So, we had a few to choose from. I say it's going to have a effective discussion because it is affecting the entirety of the end of the show. Sure. What if, for some reason, the conjuring turn that Mistopheles did could not get Deuteronomy back? Whoa. So, in essence, you've got um, McCavity there to be the jellical choice, quote, quote, right? Right. But there's no Deuteronomy to make that choice, and we are correct. the The canon is established that Deut- Old Deuteronomy is the one to make the Jellical choice. Mm-hmm. So then, the only person that would be able to do so would be Monkey Strap, because Monkey Strap falls in line as second in command behind Old Deuteronomy. Is or it kind that of? simple? I don't know. Is like, it that simple? I mean, but I would have to assume it would be something like that because. I mean, with how closely Monkey Strap watches Old Deuteronomy and how close they are as a duo and how much Old Deuteronomy kind of is like familiar with Monkey Strap, I would wonder if Monkey Strap would actually have the kind of wherewithal to go, someone needs to make this choice. It looks like it's going to be me. And what kind of uprising would that have? Do you think like everybody would be supportive of that because they know Monkey Strap's role? Right. Or would somebody step up and go, no, I need to be the one to make this choice because of whatever. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of things rolling around in my mind. I think it would have to land on Monkey Strap. They all do seem to be under an understanding. Mm-hmm. He's the one that keeps them in line. Yes. He's the one that's sort of their protector. In the stage version, there's even a scene where McCavity appears in and out, and like he's the one that tussles with him in a cat fight. Mm-hmm. Literal cat fight. Literal. So, <laughs> so maybe just like this plot, it's as easy as that, and we don't have to overthink it. Yeah. But I think there are things we that sort of domino effect into this because, one, Mistopheles is probably going off the deep end because... His magic is gone. It exactly. didn't work. Oh, oh, that poor boy. That little buddy. The night is slightly derailed. This was the other thing. In the in the stage version, they actually do have a search party and they all kind of go look for Deuteronomy. Like, would it have been the last resort that Monkey Strap is the one to make the decision? In the film, they don't even go look for him. They automatically just look to Mistopheles. Right. <laughs> right. 
there's that. There would probably be some cats that wouldn't want to immediately latch on to this idea that there's a new leader. Yeah. Maybe this is, but then you have, you have my, my gears thinking again, another conspiracy theory. Like we just had in our other one, Nah. kind of a same similar situation of this stolen suitcase. What if monkey strap was in cahoots with, with McCavity <gasps> to make this happen? Oh my because God. Because he's the one that gets in the fight and loses. Oh, he lost. Conspiracy <laughs> theory unlocked. Uh, but you, so you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that that may, might just be because I'm still shook over our Violet one. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad I could shake you in that way. That was yeah. delightful. Do you think ultimately Grizabella still would have been chosen? I feel like the reason Old Deuteronomy chooses Grizabella is because Old Deuteronomy has the... I guess, kind of advantage of age and wisdom, right? And being able to right. see multiple iterations and years of being cast out and then, you know, like probably identifying that Grizabella is on the periphery, whereas everybody else is very much kind of integrated into the group. And I, I don't know. I don't know if Monkey Strap would have would make the same choice because I don't know what that relationship is. Because, you know, I'm pretty sure Monkey Strap, when Victoria goes out to grab Grizabella to bring her in, I'm pretty sure Monkey Strap is still hesitant. I don't think oh, yeah. he goes right to her like Victoria does. So I feel like he would have to have some persuading to make that choice if well, that were there's, true. There's a huge plot point in this stage like they talk about how she she probably has been touched in a very very long time like you yeah. see that stray cat that's just looking for scraps and yeah. like they're the neighborhood cat and yeah. they just exist that's Grizabella so all the other cats are a little leery of this wild cat roaming around not that they're not all wild cats but some of them aren't some of them have homes and right. jobs so <laughs> I have to assume that that major moment in the stage version when Victoria touches Grizabella, it's like a changing of all of the cats. So even though Deuteronomy's gone, would that still have been a thing? Sure. Because she still would have been walking through this junkyard at that moment of time. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Victoria would have changed like that arc in her storyline because Deuteronomy's gone or not. It's still gonna happen so right. maybe it still would have had the same ending but would monkey strap have still chosen her if that's how we decide this goes so yeah i don't know that's a really great thought exercise i like that a lot well i mean one of the three things in the plot we could change so <laughs> <laughs> we were very limited in scope <laughs> uh well it looks like we're trying to herd the cats and they're all running for the junkyard and the the milk bar question mark um I mean, I would absolutely go drink milk with Jason Derulo in the milk bar. Lap it up. Meow. Mm -hmm. Well, Stephen, my love, my darling, my jellical choice, what is your final thoughts on cats? Well, as one of... It's only fans. Um, I just sit here in silence for five seconds because I don't know. I love this show and I always will. And um, like I said, I think me watching this at a younger age 
got me to want to explore dance and all of that. So I will probably always look at this through some weird rose-colored glasses in a way, and for some reason cats can do no wrong. All I can say is a dog person loves him some cats, so. I love that. I think that's great. Um, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like, again, I, I got some really great things out of the show. I prefer the stage version to the film. Um, if I were to, you know, if someone were to ask me again, hey, do you want to watch this movie? I would probably say no. If it was on in the background as filler for something, like, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't contest it. Um, but there are some really great things about the show. Like I'd say with all the ones that I don't like, there is still something to gain and still something to appreciate. And uh, I can appreciate the effort that went into putting music to words that already existed. So in that regard, it was a success because it was a thought exercise that literally was put into practice. And it is one that I was not able to finish, but now I have. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the experience. I will say that. So forever changed. I I have been changed for the better. Like a comet pulled from orbit oh. as it passes the sun. Oh. <laughs> Not that show. Not that show. No, wrong show, but I don't care. Just sing sing to me. Uh, sing to me, my angel of music. So this is the other final, final thought. Final, final. <laughs> From a human perspective, they were all just screeching in an alley. Truly, though, yes, that is true. Yes, <laughs> they were screeching. And someone threw a boot and went, shut up. And then they kept doing it. I was so wrapped up in cats that I kind of forgot the clue from last Ooh. time. Well, here's a cute little refreshy fresh. Oh, give meow. me a fresher so. right meow. <laughs> Never gets old. <laughs> anyway. It uh, was slightly Jim Henson-esque or he had something to do with it. And two of our main characters share a name. Steven. I think this might be the first time that I actually get the clue and the show <gasps> right. Let's see. Uh, feed me Seymour. Feed me all night long. She got it. Because <laughs> if you show. feed me Seymour. Little shop, little shop of horror. Bop, shit, bop. Little shop of horrors, no. Oh, 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 no. Yeah, I got one. I'm so excited. In a season about death, we had to throw it in. We absolutely have to throw oh, I can't wait to talk about the show with you. I have a fun little uh, surprise set up. Uh, <gasps> we will have a guest on. Oh, my God. We're going to have a guest on the show. <gasps> Which wait, is it gonna be a guest in my like in my studio or yeah, you? Oh, you, okay. you you'll be hosting. Oh me, okay, great, yes, okay. So I'll I'll make sure to, to clean up all of the cat vomit because it is everywhere up here. It's nasty. No, just leave it. We'll, oh okay. We'll lap it up later, it's fine. Uh it's an aesthetic vibe. Um, okay, well while I sit here and just like freak out about the fact that I got the clue, will you drop you our it. socials and drop the things so people can contact us if they want to? Of course, again, if you wanna reach out to us, we are on 
Instagram at from the top underscore podcast. We love interacting with all of you listeners. It's kind of scary how uh, we've somewhat grown as a as a podcast so we appreciate any and all listenership that we get and we do love talking to all of you so slide into our dms interact with our posts and we will absolutely enjoy every minute of those conversations also if you really do want to send us anything else any of your experiences anything that you hate tell me why you hate cats and why i am so stupid for liking these kitty buttholes so email us at podcast from the top at gmail.com and the last thing i will say is wherever you're listening to this podcast please so uh rate and review us subscribe hit that bell button so you never miss an episode of your favorite musical theater cast even just leaving a rating is so helpful yes so wherever you're listening apple podcast stitcher google spotify wherever we would love to know so we can keep track of it with all of our other analytics and fun things um, Stephen, this has been great. Thank you again so much for an excellent conversation about something that I was not open to, but now I am, and it's been very cool. And some might say it raised the hair on the back of your neck. You know what? It sure did. <laughs> and until next time, this has been from, from the, the top, top, a wandering unicorn production. Would you rather watch Idris Elba forevermore in his cat suit or play Jenny Any Dots? Oh no, what a jellical choice. Meow.